there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. We got a great one today. This is a this is your first client that we're gonna have on the podcast. Um, this is a, a flyer goaltender from Rhode Island, Mister Boucher, Brian Boucher. Wow, what's happening, Boucher? How are you? I'm doing great, ladies. How you doing? Great to see you. I hope I was your first client. I mean, I, uh, you may have no, your first client, first client we had on the show. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah. I think All my right. first client was Dallas Drake. I think or something like that. But you were one of my favorites. Too. Yeah. Till you fired and, me, but we'll talk about that. Yep, we will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. We stayed good friends though, even after your, maybe for a while we separated there a little bit, but we stayed pretty good friends after. Yeah, it got weird for a little bit. You know, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to talk to me or not, but um, yeah. you know, no, boost. Uh, listen, us the guy. Your life goes on. Huh? Yeah, it's. I always felt like that when I got an agent business, and I'm going to get close to these guys, but they may have to fire me. It's a business too. They're hiring me to do a job. If they don't think I'm doing the job right, then so yeah. it worked out for you anyway. So we don't usually start there. But do you want to start there with with? Yeah, I guess we jump around a little bit. So, uh, uh, Brian was one of my first clients. Uh, he was, I met him, uh, well, I had Brian Berard's client. They both went to the St. St. what? St. Charles? Mount St. Charles, yeah. Mount St. Charles High School in yeah. Rhode Island. And then got Boost. Boost uh, went out to uh, Tri-Cities to play out Tri-Cities. How did that happen that you got to Tri-Cities? I can't, I think. I, so, I was playing, see, this is why he was fired as an agent. You remember my <laughs> goddamn career. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I was playing tiered. So I made U.S. World, uh, U.S. Under 17 team, and quickly uh, after that tournament in the summer, I went and played tier two in Wexford in Toronto because I wanted to go play uh, college. I hated it there, and I'll never forget. I say this. I say this line that you said to me all the time. The advice that you gave me. You always said to me. You said, "Well, Boosh, you said because uh, I I didn't know whether I should go play major junior or go to college, and." Um, you know, I was rated like second round for the draft. And you always said to me, you said, listen, you can always go back to school. You can never go back to playing hockey. So he's, he, so you said, if you want, if it's in your heart, you want to do it, go for it. And we can always figure out plan B later. Yeah. And, and that, that was the greatest advice I could get at the time because I just needed somebody to tell me that it was okay. Just go yeah. for it. Yeah. And, uh, and I did that and it worked out well. I ended up going first round. Yeah. Well, you worked hard at your game too. Like you really, I think you always did that during your career too. So. Um, but it was funny who, <laughs> when you fired me, just, you know, again, listen, you, you do as an agent, like you've got an ego and you get pride, right? So 
But I always think, I, I hope I always said to guys, listen, we're going to become close here, but you've got to do a trade for your career. So when you did it, obviously I didn't like it, but I felt like, you no, know, Bush is doing what he has to do for his career. So it's funny. I, he listen, still I, I cherished uh, all the talks that we had. You yeah. were always there yeah. for me. And I, listen, I was uh, mentally, there's some tough days for me when I played and you were always there for me. But there was just a point in my career where I felt like I needed to just like almost need a different voice. I just need, yeah. I, I felt like I kept banging my head against the wall talking to you. You're probably sick of taking my calls. And I just was like, I got to change it up. And, yeah. and, and that's why I decided to go that route. But that was one of the toughest things I had to do is yeah. that phone call. You know? um, but you did, but you know what? You were a gentleman about it. You're a man about it. You called me up and told me the truth. You know, I look at a boost too. That listen to like a 50 goal scorer comes back the next year. And now he can't score a goal. So he changes his stick. It's really, it's not to stick, but I mean, like you said, you had to do what was right for your career. So there's never, never any hard feelings. So you're saying it wasn't you, Tom. It was Bush. No, no. Is that, if it's, you are stirring the pot today. Uh, I, I, I tried to change my gear several times. Like I changed pads. I changed manufacturers. Yeah. I mean, I was running out of bullets in the chamber. You, you were I the know. next one, you know? That's right. Remember you went to, remember you played so well in Philly, you went to Phoenix and the Benoit Allaire was there, right? And he yeah. tried to kind of change your game a little bit too, didn't he? Didn't oh, he yeah. let you play? I never really yeah. quite understood that. He's a great coach. I've heard many great oh, yeah. things about him, but I never quite understood that, why he wanted to change your game. I might be the only guy in the history of the NHL that had a bad uh, experience with Benny. Um, yeah. You know, he's, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, Shesterkin, yeah. and he's had, you know, guy after guy that's just been successful. But the thing was, he just wanted me to play deep in the crease. His, yeah. his, his game plan was you play deep uh, so that you can beat the pass on east-west plays, and that's it. You know what I mean? Whereas I was more aggressive. I played more on field, sometimes reckless, which I needed to learn to when when to go and when not to go, just like any any young player playing any position. But he was just—he tried to get me to move back. I tried to do it. I did it for a whole season, struggled, yeah. and then it was almost like he just abandoned me. It was like he found another. There was a new toy that came in the room, yeah. and it was Zach Burke, and 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 he and he t took a liking to him. And all of a sudden, I was third string goalie, not practicing with the team, and I just had a real problem with that. I just yeah. for a guy that I, I put all my trust in him in my career. And for him to just kind of do that, I was like, man, uh, boy, that's, that was a quick turnaround, you know? So, um, yeah, but we, you know, he and I, we, um, we, you know, we, you know, we had a moment there and, uh, but since then I've seen him plenty of time, yeah. uh, now that I'm on this side of it and, uh, it's all good. I mean, you know, we're all competitive people who want to do well and, and, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I never just understood why you like, if you're a young player coming in and not proving yourself, okay, maybe he wants to change your game a little bit, but you've already proved yourself at the NHL level. And then to change your game, that was the part that really confused me. Like, why would you change the, the goalie the way he plays just for the coaches, right? It's that, That's the part I don't understand. Well, I think he really believed in what he believed in, which, yeah. I, yeah. which I have no issue with. It's, but at some point, you got to realize maybe this isn't working for this guy, and either yeah. we should trade him, right. bring him to a place where he can, or uh, maybe I got to, you know, work with him. You know, that's yeah. it. But it, what, what ended up happening was, just push me aside. I practiced for literally a month, month and a half before my shutout streak uh, as a third goalie with no, I didn't practice the team. Patty Conacher, the assistant coach, was the one that was shooting on me. I didn't realize that's right, too, Matt. You know what I mean? It was like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like that would, so that's why, you know, he and I butted heads. Yeah. It's okay. All right. So let's uh, jump back to uh, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Um, so you, you, so you played goalie right away when you were a kid. Did you start playing goal? Yeah, so oh, I was okay. too. Yeah, I was too young to play on um, on the on the team as a skater. 
on the Might team. My older brother, Bruce, was a goalie uh, who was six years older. And um, so they, they needed a goalie. So they just asked my dad, just took a shot. I said, hey, you think he'd want to play? And my dad asked me. I said, absolutely. And that was, I never looked back. Uh, that's cool, too. So did, did you, were you pretty good right away? Uh, no, my first game I ever played, uh, it was, they have these in Massachusetts. They have these Massachusetts state rinks. They all look the same. So I remember it vividly in my head. Um, I gave up 11 goals in half a game. They were trying another kid in goal too. Uh, he was a lefty using a baseball glove and, uh, I gave up 11 goals in half a game. I went back to the bench and my brother came down to the bench. He goes, Hey, ask the coach to go back in. So I went and tugged on the coach and said, can I go back? And he goes, no, sit out. <laughs> so I gave up 11 goals in my oh. first half of the game. Uh, but you must have loved it, though. Did you love it right away? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. it. Wow. Yeah. I love, I love playing street hockey with my brother, my brothers and stuff. Like, they would throw me a net and fire the ball at me as hard as they could. I just I just loved the, the challenge of playing goal. And I liked the gear, so right. it was a natural fit. So did you dream of playing in the NHL right away? Right away. Oh, you did it. Eh? Oh. I told my elementary school teachers, uh, you know, some people say they want to be a fireman, policeman. I said right away I was going to play in the NHL. And yeah. they would look at me like, I didn't know how I was going to yeah. do it. It was just such a dream. I, I feel like at an early age, I, I manifested it uh, 100% uh, just because of the dreaming that I did, the posters that I had. I had Tom Laidlaw posters in my room. You know? <laughs> I'll throw, throw a dart at <laughs> so, so did Tom. Yes, I am. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. I was the same way too, right? Like I, first sorry, I've told this over and over. I couldn't stand up on skates, but I was dreaming of playing in the NHL. I'm the same as you. I really believe, and I think for little kids out there too, it's important. But tell yourself you're going to play in the NHL oh, and yeah. make it happen. Yeah, mentally. Absolutely. Uh, well, Brian, when do you get good? When do you start to realize, holy cow, I got, I'm pretty good. Um, you know, I as you know, when I played youth hockey, I was uh, our teams were pretty good. Like I had Brian Barrar in my teams, who was just he was exceptional. Uh, he was an exceptional athlete uh, in every sport he played, right from the hop. So, you know, we played for our town team, which we were so fortunate to have such good coaches, and uh, Brian was great. And I think we pushed one another. But yeah, I'd say probably Squirt Pee Wee. I started to realize I was pretty good. Our teams were pretty good. We competed with um, you know some of these big national powerhouses as a little town team. And then I, and then I kind of hit a wall. Once I got to high school, my ninth and 10th grade year, I didn't make my varsity hockey team. Only oh. played like three varsity games. My first two years of high school, really, uh, uh, a downtime for me, uh, just because, you know, you, you, as a kid, you're, you're really good. And then you you go up against kids that are four years older and you struggle and didn't know if it was going to happen for me, but, um, stayed with it. And then my 11th grade year, everything turned for me. Um, just all of a sudden, got a growth spurt. Uh, I actually had knee surgery the year prior, so I was I was kind of banged up a little bit. But everything turned around, and, and uh, the stars aligned, and it happened fast. I mean, I made U.S. national team as a 17-year-old for uh, the under-17 team. And then from there, it was like, you know, rated for the draft, go right up, right up the ranks quickly, get drafted, end up in major junior. I mean, it was like a four-year window where things just went boom, 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 and, nope. uh, and it all worked out. So, so you're good, and then you got to get an agent at that point, right? And then and then this guy walks through the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, 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 I, how does that happen? Well, he's just he's he's flexing his muscles there. He's got the IMG card, you know, working for Mike Barnett, Wayne Gretzky, and all this. That's stuff. Right. So I was I was bright eyed. I was like, wow, I you know I, I couldn't believe it. No, I um, did you know who he was? With that, did you know who he was? Oh yeah, uh, he had one of the worst uh, helmets in the history of hockey. 
<laughs> that that Cooper helmet that he's big, one of the biggest ones too. And I had to sign a waiver because they had to make a special liner for this thinner because my head was so big. Also, the guys would take my helmet after practice and they put the pucks in it like it was a bucket. It's like <laughs> it was a beer cooler. Oh, oh God. yes, God. yeah, it would double oh, as that as well. Yeah, that's it's true. amazing that back then nobody wore helmets, and this guy yeah. was wearing a helmet bigger than you know, <laughs> bigger than a planet. You know, it was a big sign on the big sign on the back saying "Wide Load." Right? <laughs> uh, oh, no, I knew what Tom was absolutely. I was such a hockey fan. Like you don't you don't understand. Like I I watched and followed hockey as a kid, so I knew exactly who he was. I knew who he played for. And truthfully, I mean, you talk to Lates for two minutes and you can see a uh, great guy, great personality. I think it was a great connection right off op for yeah. me and put me at ease. And it was it was a great, great match. Yeah, we got along well. We, until we, until we, you fired him. Until you fired me. <laughs> so were you a Bruin guy growing up? Are you a... No, no, I was a, I was a huge Canadian fan. Um, my mom and dad, my mom and dad are from um, uh, Quebec, a town called Magog near Sherbrooke. And they moved to the States in 69. And um, I have a brother and sister that are Canadian, and then me and my next brother are American. But man, I was brainwashed as a kid right away to yeah. be a Habs fan uh, in 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 the Bruins uh, world here. So I used to drop. I used, I love this. I used to drop pictures in elementary school, well, because you know back then the Bruins played the Canadians eight times a year in the old Adams Division. So I mean, I get jacked up that day. I didn't listen to anything in school. I just was thinking about that game. I was thinking about fights. I was thinking about all the stuff that was going to happen in the game. And, I used to draw pictures of Ray Bork, um, you know, lying face down on the ice with blood coming out of his head. <laughs> Did you really? Oh, yeah. And I oh. to my buddy, I'd say, this is what John Cordick's going to do to Ray Bork. Oh, that's funny. I, you know what I mean? I was, I was a little bit nuts. But, yeah, so I love the Canadians. I love Patrick Waugh. I loved everything about that team. I, I don't love them anymore because, um, you know, I think uh, – you know, I didn't have a very good record playing there, so it's all changed. But as a kid, I was a huge Habs fan. Right. So then, uh, so you have the good junior career you get drafted. Where was the draft that year? I can't remember. Edmonton. Edmonton. That's right. Yes, that's right. Didn't you go with him, Tom? I was there. Yeah, he was. He picked us up at the airport. That's Who right. And the Blowfish, I'll never forget, was playing in the car. You know, you remember his song? Come on, seriously? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, that's funny. Up at the airport. Yeah. Yeah, that was a blast. So the, going into the draft there, we. Trying to recall, we, we had a pretty good idea where you were going to get drafted, right? You thought Detroit was going to pick me with the last pick in the first round. They were 26 that year, and I ended up going 22 to Philly. I think Philly may have been one of the few teams I didn't even really talk to. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. And it was weird because I, I was not anticipating them at 22. I was waiting for Detroit at 26. Right. And I'll never forget Brian Berard's on the floor because he had been picked first and he'd already done all his um, you know duties as you know what he, what he needs to do. And he saw on the computer screen my name pop up at 22, and um, he he started pointing at me in the stand, and I was like, and I and then they called my name, and the whole thing I, I blacked out. I don't remember anything uh, after. I mean, I see the pictures. Oh, I, oh, man, I should probably. I have this picture for. I yeah, you can't. Yeah, well, this won't be on, but I'll show you this as we as we. Hold on, sure. Take a look sure. at this. And that's oh, like, there are. Oh, oh, nice go. Yeah. So we're shortly we're looking at a picture here of Brian Berard and his Ottawa Senator and uh, Bush and his Philadelphia uh, Fly jersey out the floor. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. you don't have a frame picture of you and your agent that day, do you? I think no. I've got a picture. I, I do I have got a picture of you and I someplace, so I gotta get it up, up on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's up. I do I have hey I, Tom, I do have you got my son Tyler when he was born uh, a little golf club, a little driver. We still have that. But nice. yeah. Yeah, nice. So very cool. Yeah, good cool. dude. So was Bobby Clark GM at the time? He was. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so how was he? Did, you didn't remember anything when you got up on the stage then? Nothing, man. Like, I yeah. I mean, I've seen the video. Last year, I saw the video for the first time because I worked the draft for ESPN. And I uh, couldn't, yeah, I was like, wow, I, I don't remember any of it. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, you just, it, yeah. I just see the pictures now. And it was such a, a cool moment, you know. And I, that team I played for in Tri-City, we had three first-rounders on that team, too. Uh, so we had Damon Lankow went five. And uh, Terry Ryan went eight, and I was twenty-two. So right. it, it was a fun. That was a. a fun it wasn't Sheldon Surrey was a high pick too, wasn't he? What Sheldon he? was a year prior. Yeah. Oh, that's a right. year older than me. He was picked. I think he's like a third rounder. He probably yeah. could have been a first rounder with the way he shot the puck. And yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh my god. He was like a man too. Like at eighteen years old, he's like a man out there. Yeah. He used to skate around and 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 always look at himself in the glass. Yeah, there. <laughs> Good looking guy. <laughs> That's right, too. Yeah, he's got the long hair and all that. Oh, oh my God. Could he fight? Uh, Could he shoot? Yeah. 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 Terrifying. He, he had a pretty good career in the NHL, too. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's really good. So you're drafted. You go back to junior for another year? Uh, Two more years. Two more years? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was drafted as an 18-year-old. Uh, no, 17-year-old. Yep. And then I go back 18-year-old year and 19-year-old year. Yep. I can't remember. How good was the team in the Tri-Cities when you went back? So my, my my draft year, we lost in the um, we lost in the semifinals to uh, Kamloops in six. And they were the powerhouse team. They had won. They were going for like five straight Memorial Cups. Uh, right. They had like Doan, Genla, Darcy, Tucker. They were loaded. We lost them in six. And really because we took them to six uh, and lost one game in double overtime, I think that's why I went first round. I uh, just yeah. we showed we could go toe-to-toe with them. Um, the next year, we were good. We should have gone further. We lost in the second round. I think the Kamloops, again, shouldn't have lost. Uh, and then my my last year, my 19-year-old year, we, they reloaded, and we had like five or six 16-year-olds who were terrible. But uh, I got to play in a World Junior that year, and had a, we finished second. So that was a saving grace that year. The year prior, we finished fifth at the World Junior. So it was, you know, uh, we had good teams, just underachieved probably a little bit. Bad goals. So now, were the Flyers touch you a lot when you went back to junior? Not a ton. I mean, um, uh, Rajon Lemlin would come out and work with me. He was a, the goalie coach. He'd come out for like a week here and there, maybe twice a year. Yeah. Um, back then, it was so different. Like, I see what these teams are doing now with development and how many times they're talking to their prospects and what they're doing for them. It's, it's um, boy, I, I could have. I could have really used all that, you know, it would have saved, it would have saved you a lot of phone calls. That's for sure. <laughs> so Boosh keeps bringing up the fact that we talked a lot. Boosh is one of those guys when the, a lot of guys, when the game's over with, it's over with. And that's it. Boosh was not like that. And I can see that you love the game. So that's why to me, it was like, okay, I've got to be there for Boosh because he needs a little bit of a sounding board right now. There was some, yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. Times, He's a goalie. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, there was some time sitting out in the parking lot there at the uh, Spectre, the old, <laughs> the <laughs> Philly. We've laughed. Oh, We've laughed. With they. That's not you at all. Now that's you're a young hockey player. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you're you're there's there's insecurities that you yeah. have, right? I mean, you're totally. you're you want to make it so bad. You wonder what others are thinking about you, yeah. and you want to you know you want to make sure you're doing the right things. But you know, there there's a lot of things that as I look back as a 45 year old that I say to myself, boy, it wasn't a big deal. And if I just yeah. had to calm down a little bit, yeah. just let the process play out the way it's supposed to play out, or it would have all been good. But you know, you don't know it's fun. Yeah. I, I'm the same way too. I look back and I ask like, do you have regrets or anything like that? And I, I don't have any regrets at all. You know, would you do things differently? Sure you would, but I'm, I love who I am now and I'm sure you do too. You've got a great career, great family going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I just wish that, uh, you know, I think probably the, the one thing that I probably gets the best of me sometimes is my emotion. I think I'm probably a little too emotional. It's probably why 
I wasn't as good a goaltender as I probably wanted to be because I think the, the position of goaltending, you just really have to have uh, a level of uh, calmness uh, in order to, to to do what you got to do at a high level. Um, and that's why, like, you look at some of the greats, Marty Brodeur, like, looked like he was just yeah. like, laughing out there. And he got yeah. to play 72 games a year. You know what I mean? Like, Carey Price is like that. Carey Price. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? These guys are just like, they, they don't, it looks like they don't care. I'm sure they do care. But it, yeah. it's just the way that they're able to, whereas me, I wore my emotions on my sleeve. You could see if I was having a bad day. You could see if I was having a good day. And, right. you know, I think that, that though, you know, those are the roller coasters that you, you got to try to avoid as a player. Uh, I wish I knew that then, right. like I know now. Well, now doing all the TV stuff too, like you look at a guy like Shesterkin, right? How great he has played, but he's not playing that great right now. It's, right. it's like you, you have that expectation they're going to be great all the time. So, uh, so you're in junior. Were you thinking now those two years of junior? Geez, well, I want to get to the NHL now, or were you patient staying there, junior? I was patient uh, staying there because it, like, it was such a different time back then. Like we didn't, it, yeah. there was no rush to get to the NHL. Like I knew this process, and you probably you laid it out to me. It was like, look, you're going to finish up junior, you're going to go play a couple of years in the minors, and then you're going to get called up to the NHL. That's just the way it is. So, yeah. you know, you, you take your time with it. But when you're taking your time, you're not. It's not that you don't want to be competitive and be the best yeah. in that league. I want to be the best goal in the Western Hockey League. I want to be the best goal in the American Hockey League. Um, and I, you know, because I wanted to validate why I was drafted first round, right? Sure. I just constantly always had that feeling that I wanted to prove to people that I was the best. And, um, you know, at one point, maybe in junior, I was the best. I don't think as I climbed the ranks, the, the, you know, you meet your competition and there's some other guys that surpassed me for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I was patient with it all. I was super hungry. Like I wanted to get there. I, I couldn't wait. Uh, and when I got there, that, that rookie year was the greatest year of my life when it came to hockey, uh, just because yeah. of you're playing with guys that you grew up watching and idolizing. And now they're your teammates. Yeah. The whole thing yeah. is surreal. It was just yeah. amazing. Brian, do you remember when you got the call to, to make the big club? I do. Uh, it's a great story. Uh, I was uh, getting married that summer and uh, I was at my, uh, future in-laws house I was sleeping and I was upstairs sleeping and my 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 future father-in-law came up the stairs and he put a um, a newspaper article on my bed and I woke up and I I read it and it said that Ron Hextall is retired huh. uh, from hockey and and later that day I got a call from Reggie Lemlin the goalie coach and he said hey he goes it's your job next year he's like so yeah, he no. He said like like not my job to be number one. He's like it's your job. He's like you're you're the next guy. He's like so make sure you come in ready. This was in July. I got this call. Right, and I, I'll never forget it. And boy, I mean, I got married that 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 day. I think it was that day. And then you know had a great summer, and uh, came in and camp was was awesome. Like I said, I mean the whole experience was surreal. I mean I don't think I was I don't think I had a tired day that rookie year. I mean, that there was such yeah. magic to be around guys like Eric Lindros and John McClare and Eric Dujardin, Rick Tockett, Mark Recchi. I mean, these guys are all legends. Uh, and and my, a great year, too. You had a real nice year. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it was just the whole thing was magic. And uh, the great thing was, is I was up for a contract after that year. So yeah. that's where Lindros. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Work. <laughs> I'll never forget that contract negotiations, too. Bobby Clark was the general manager. And, uh, so they called me up, uh, Mr. Snyder wanted me to come and see him, right? So that's the owner. Now you're going right into the top, right? To negotiate. And uh, Mr. Snyder was very nice. We had a cordial conversation, but we started going back and forth on numbers. And he was obviously much lower than where I was. And at one point, Bobby Clark just got beat red in the face. He said, oh, you're just being stubborn. And he's screaming and yelling. 
And both Mr. Snyder and I are looking at him. I was looking at Mr. Snyder. So I could tell he was looking at him like, what is going on with this guy? So he got done. I go, Bobby, are you done now? He goes, yes, I'm done. <laughs> then he sat down, didn't talk anymore. Mr. Snyder and I figured out the contract. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, got you a good deal? People think, some people say like that I held out. I never held out. I actually no, took no. offense to that. We we signed before camp started. It just took a long time to get it done. Yeah, um definitely. And and you know, because it got a little nasty and the and the media started to kind of get impatient with it, yeah. I uh I put so much pressure on myself in year two to live up to what yeah you know, that first year was. And you know, you mentioned Shesterkin not having as good a year. I mean, his save percentage last year was out of control. Yeah. Good. I mean yeah. how do you how do you follow yeah. that up? Yeah, you know, the bar is set way too high. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Yeah. So I got to tell one funny story. Boosh does some great imitations of people. And uh, he tells me that he wasn't even trying to this, but Tim Panaccio was a reporter for, I can't remember, The Acquirer, I think it was in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so during these negotiations we're talking about, Panaccio would be calling me all the time. So I'm, I'm actually I was driving up to see Boosh up in Rhode Island, and he calls me on the cell phone, and he starts doing the Panaccio imitation, and I actually bought it. I thought it was Tim Panaccio on the phone, so I'm talking to Boosh like it's really Tim Panaccio, trying to be very professional, not give up too much information. Now Boosh all along thinks that I really know that it's not Panaccio. He thinks you're in on it, right? But I, I, so after a while, Boosh goes, "You think it's really Tim Panaccio? It's me. It's Boosh." <laughs> and at first, I didn't buy it because I thought Panaccio was trying to pull. Fast one on me or something like that, but we just died laughing. It was excellent. I mean, you do, do the, can you please just do the Dominic casting for me a little bit? Oh, I don't just, know why. For, for me, I must try for a, for a Stanley Park. I don't know. I, I try for, for winning the Stanley Cup and I try in Buffalo, but I know that Brett Hall is, is foolish in the crease. And I don't know. For me, for my country, <laughs> I must try for a Stanley Park. Oh, oh but that's amazing. <laughs> we we did an interview with uh, Doc yeah Doc Emmerich at one time, and we brought up the fact that you do all these invitations. So I guess you've done it for the guys. Uh, uh, oh, that was Doc, Doc will still text me, and he'll call me Dom. He'll be like, uh, uh, Dom. Oh. you know, and and, and uh, could well, are you drinking Pilsner right now? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best. I'll tell you, the asking was the best. I think, but you do a lot of it too. So who else you got? Oh gosh, now this is not why. This is not what we're doing, is it? I mean, I've, no. But I, the fact that I gave him a hashtag there—that is—that is not for public consumption. You know what I mean? Uh, who's who's that? Who's that one? The hashtag? 
No, no. What are you doing now? Are you doing yourself? Or no, 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 no. I'm just saying. I, I didn't come on here to do like. You know, He's giving us one. That's it. You show here, you know. Oh, yes, it can be boost from your on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Do you have a laid long present? Uh, no, I, I don't. Oddly enough, you know, to be, Yeah, I used to do like I used to like to do my coaches. And, yeah, you know, like that was one thing that I used to like to do. Like, and they ride you yeah. and you open, you say like, and that that's crazy. Like, why would you do that? Like, he would never <laughs> swear. He'd always stay. He never swore. He's such a oh. nice man. He's like, you guys just keep turning the puck over. Like, that's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic stuff. Uh, All right. So you're, how many years did you have in Philadelphia then? Oh, God. I was four separate stints there. So I, That's right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I Maybe seven or eight. I don't know. I mean, I was drafted in 95, traded in 2002. Yeah. Who do you get traded for? Oh, the yeah. first trade I traded for Michael Hanzus and oh. Robert Esch. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so you leave you leave, uh, leave Philadelphia, you go to Phoenix. Um, things went pretty well there too, right? Well, we were, you know, it was, I played 45 games that first year in Phoenix and Sean Burke was hurt a lot more than he was supposed to be. So I, I you know, I... I played a lot, to be honest with you, more than I expected. And uh, our team wasn't as good. So it was a little, and that's where, you know, I was trying to change my style, you know, the way I played. And I think it didn't go as well as I would have liked, but I, I love, love living there. That's for sure. Right. So a lot of people will know if you look up who's got the most uh, shutouts in a row in the National Hockey League history. Brian Boucher, five in a row, right? That's right. Wow. How was that? Oh, that was, uh, that was great to get the writing on the wall that, uh, you know, they, you know, they, they they don't have they don't have me in their plans really. So come back the next year. They put me on waivers. Nobody claims me, but they keep me there, and I'm not practicing with the team for a month and a half to start the season. Um, and I I remember talking to you, and we were kind of confused. And <clears throat> so I finally went and talked to Bobby Francis, the head coach, after like a month or so, and I said, Bobby, what's going on here? And Bobby was a good guy. He said, I've been waiting for you to walk through the door for a month now. He's like, what the hell took you so long? I was like, I don't know. I'm just trying to be like, I'm not trying to be like a jerk here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought my time was going to come where I could practice with the team. And I'm literally taking shots from, you know, Pat Connor, assistant coach for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Like, how do you stay sharp doing that? And uh, he told me, he's like, look, this is this is all one guy's decision. And to, to have you not. And that's when I really like I, I got really mad at that point. And wouldn't you know it, like things happen in crazy ways. Uh, Sean Burke and Zach Burke ended up getting hurt like almost like within a day or two of each other. So now I went from third string to having to play and I get in there and I get on this, on this shutout run. And well, it was uh, right away. I didn't realize it was right away. Wow. Well, it was pretty, it was pretty, it yeah. was pretty quick turnaround. And, uh, I, I had a huge chip on my shoulder, man. Like yeah. I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to kill people. Like I was just like, I just wanted this so bad. So when I got that record, it was, it felt really good. But then, then, then reality hit the other way. We were, we were a bad team and, and, yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 you know, all things even out in the end, you know? So during that streak though, you're saying to yourself, oh, this is unbelievable. Or like, you're thinking, no, this is, this is me. I'm this good. I can do this. Well, I, you convince yourself that you're, this is you and, and you're this good, but the reality is you're, you know, you got to catch some breaks along the way. Right? right. I mean, pucks have missed the net that you didn't see hit posts, stuff like that. So, I mean, everything lined up perfectly, but it felt great for, and it lasted, you know, I think it started, it would have started before Christmas because I, 
uh, Burke, Sean Burke got hurt in a game in Nashville and he had to leave in the second period. And, uh, so I came in relief and we had a tying that game. And then, and then I played a game after Christmas and it carried all the way to January 9th, I think. So it lasted, it lasted a long time. Like when you think about it. So, you know, the, the attention that it, that, that it drew, you know, within, you know, our local market, which you think of as Phoenix and not Toronto would have been nuts, but yeah, uh, it was fun. It was fun. It, was, it felt great. But, you know, again, like the, the expectations to get a shutout yeah. every single game. I mean, it's unrealistic. Yeah. You think anybody will ever break that? That's a tough one to break. Nope. Nobody will. I, and I will say, and I've said it plenty of times and I'll say it with confidence. It won't happen now because of the rule changes to the game. Like yeah. now we've got, you know, no red line. There was a red line back then. People don't even know what that is. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a three on three overtime. Forget about it. I mean, yeah. it's not happening. Is it no, no, there's no chance that, that anybody's going to break it. And I don't say it because I'm, I'm being cocky. Yeah. I'm just saying it because of the way the game is set up now. Sure. Look at the scores of these games. Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. these goaltenders, it's, it's frightening to be a goaltender today. Yeah. Scoring is up, right? It's going up and up every year now. It is. Yeah. Well, it was up a couple of weeks ago, I think at, at Thanksgiving and whether it's still up now, I mean, right. it probably is. Yeah. Right. So how long were you in Philly there? Uh, excuse me, in Phoenix? Um, uh, four years, but four we years. had a lockout. We lost a year. Remember, oh, we, had, right. we had that one lockout. That was fun. Uh, I went to Sweden for that one. Oh, that's right. Yes, we did. Yeah, definitely. So after Phoenix, where were you next? Then I uh, traded to Calgary for um, for Stephen Reincrecht and Philip Sove. Myself and Mike LeClaire went to Calgary. Lasted three, played three games for the Flames for Daryl Sutter. He was, he was nuts. Um, Really, this G, he was a GM and coach, man. Oh, that's right. I, I thought I was intense, and I thought I'd seen intensity around the NHL. This guy was on another planet on Amazing. game day. Yeah. Wow, I mean, he was he was crazy. Yeah, but I, I played. Uh, Mika Kiprasov was there, so Kipper oh. was like unbelievable guy. Never took a game off, so there was no spot for me to play there. So only three games in three months. And you played a little bit for for Gretzky too at Phoenix, right at the end. I. I did, yep, yep. Yeah, I got raised in from the Gretzky regime. Yeah. Was he that intense was cool. as Sutter? Uh he was intense. Like he I he yelled at the referees from the minute the puck dropped. I, that's what I remember. Like he just started screaming at the refs and he I think he loses voice probably uh midway through the first period, but I think he was frustrated. I mean, like, this is the great one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's he's watching this pile of crap that's on the ice. You know what I mean? These guys can't even make a five foot pass. Meanwhile, yeah. Wayne could, you know, could make a fifty foot backhand sauce pass with his eyes closed if he wanted to. You know, so I, I just think it was, you know, that was, uh, I think that was a frustrating, you know, team from the coach, but it still was great to be around him uh, on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. It was like that to play with him too, because he was so skilled. And I'd go there and you know, chop the puck up into like ten different pieces. You know, he's looking at me like, "Oh my God, Tom, just pass <laughs> me the puck." Seriously, you felt like that, right, when you were playing with him, because you're thinking, "Yeah, it's Wayne Gretzky." I mean, I, I, especially when you first started playing with him, it's like just get Wayne the puck, you know, and I'm just trying to pass to him all the time. He finally yeah. came to me at one point and said, "This is Tom. You don't have to get me the puck all the time." I said, "Oh, he's good. <laughs> he's a good man, though, right?" I mean, he's a, oh yeah, really a no, it was yeah. it was great. I mean, like you know, to be around greatness like that, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a privilege. I mean, you don't you don't you know you don't see that every day in the NHL. You know, so uh, I you know, although I got traded from there, and it probably was the right thing uh, from their standpoint and for me. Uh, you know, I wish it would have been a little bit longer if, had we not had the lockout year. Maybe yeah, a bad coach year prior. Yeah. So after after Calgary, where next? 
Calgary, I go to, uh, oh, Chicago. yeah, Chicago. The goalie coach asked me if I wanted, if I wanted to come back to Calgary. And I said, I'd rather go to the minors than play, uh, yeah. three games in three months. And I almost went to the minors. Um, yeah. Patrick Laleen had back surgery for Chicago. Oh, Tom, maybe you don't remember this, but, um, remember when Rick DiPietro signed that big deal yep. Yep. with the Islanders? You were telling me we're going, you're, you're going to sign with the Islanders. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And because uh, Garth Snow retired, yeah. and I thought, oh, I'm going to go to the island. And then they signed Mike Dunham out of nowhere. You know what yeah. I mean? And I know Snowy was tight with with, with Dunny because they played in college together. But I was like, oh, man. So then I the music stopped and there was no cheer. And thankfully, yeah. Patrick Goleam hurt his back. And I went to Chicago on a tryout. Yep. And um, first game I played, first preseason game, got a shutout. And they yep. came in and gave me a league minimum contract after that. So yeah. that was a close call. I remember he had uh, Stan Bowman was I was negotiating with him. He was assistant GM at the time, and he kept saying we can only give him a two way contract. We can only give him a two way contract. I said no, we're not signing a two way contract. And then finally uh, Dale Talon called. He says, "What do you want, Tommy?" He says, "We, we got to get a one way contract." He's okay. We get it done. I felt yeah. bad for Stan Bowman because uh, you know, Dale Talon was the guy. Yeah, it was four seventy five. Is that what break? it was? Oh yeah. 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 Well, so then after Chicago, how long were you in Chicago? Uh, three quarters of a season. And then when Lillian came back from back surgery, uh, they put me on waivers and I got claimed by Columbus. Oh, that's right. Yes. And then, uh, and, and I don't know if you remember this one, like I won one game in Chicago that year. Like I'd yeah. gone from Calgary, like I was a starting goalie in Phoenix, went to Calgary, never played, came to Chicago, skin of my teeth, just about get a contract, put on waivers, go to Columbus, playing behind this guy, Frederick Narina who I'd never heard of. And I was like, what, what is, what is going on? You know, as I, we're in a practice, this is an unbelievable story. So we're in a practice with like four games left in the year. We just built the house in Phoenix and I got traded from there. And my wife was like, just finish out the year. At the end of the year, we're going to go to Phoenix with the kids and enjoy the sun. It's going to be great and all beautiful. And I said, all right, all right. So we're at practice. It's an optional skate. And this kid, Jeff Platt on Columbus, who yeah. just, he just, uh, just a gnat. Like he worked way too hard and we were not even making the playoffs. So I, everybody's annoyed by this. I remember, um, Adam foot tried to kill this kid in a practice because he was practicing too hard. Right. And, uh, so he, he, he shoots it high on me. And I, I turn around, I said, I swear to God, I said, if you, if you sh hit me high one more time, I go, we're going to fight. And he's like, well, nah, whatever. The next kid comes down is this kid, Joachim Lindstrom, who's like super skilled, like really good player comes in next shot right underneath the bar and hits the back bar and everybody in line starts going oh like thing you know what i mean like they couldn't believe what he did so i snap i take my stick and i smash it on the net and i dislocate my shoulder i did i forgot all about that i dislocate oh. my shoulder gordon murphy skates over to me he's like what's wrong i go i think my shoulder's dislocated he's like shut up i go i'm not i'm not lying to you i had to get off the ice Columbus suspends me without pay. Oh. And they said they wouldn't pay for my surgery because it was done in a non-hockey related incident. Really? And so, yeah. So then I had shoulder surgery that summer. And did they ultimately they had to pay ultimately, didn't they? Ultimately, no. Uh, my insurance paid for it. Oh wow. And uh and and then now we're at the point where I I finally said I have to make a change in my life, and I made the change to. It wasn't Tom's fault, but I don't. I was like, "See you later, Laidlaw." <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and I ended up in the minors the next year. Thankful uh, that 
Paul Holmgren, yep. uh, I called him and he says, I'll give you a one-way AHL contract for a hundred grand. I said, I don't care about the NHL. I said, I just want to play. Right. I'm, I haven't played in the last three years with the lockout plus. I, I've lost my confidence. I just want to play hockey. And I went down to the minors in Philly and played 47 games up until the trade deadline. And then San Jose signed me um, to an NHL deal after that as a free agent. I forgot about the San Jose state. How long were you in San Jose? A year and almost a year and a half. So I went from the trade deadline because uh, I was an AHL, I was on an AHL deal. And Paul kept saying, he's like, we're going to sign into an NHL contract. I just got to trade a contract. And I said, okay. And then I told him, I said, San Jose is interested. What do I do? And he said, do what you got to do. So I ended up going to San Jose for a year and a bit. Um, and it was great. And I played great there. I had played on great teams, great people. And it rejuvenated my my whole career. But none of that happens without Paul Holmgren yeah. giving me an opportunity to play 47 games up until late February that, that year in the month. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good man, too. Yeah. Great man. Yeah. Great. And he brings you back. Believes, believes in second chances, third chances. Yeah. Without him, none of it happens for me. That is cool. And then he brings you back to the Flyers in 2009, right? It, exactly. So I went to San Jose. And then they were, they, you know, after a year and a bit, they signed that, or they were in the sweepstakes for Jonas Gustafsson. Like, remember that guy, the monster that they called? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, they, so they, I, I decided to go sign it. Philly. I wasn't waiting around for that nonsense. Uh, they signed me to a two year deal and we went to the Stanley Cup final right. my first year back. Uh, Was that the year you beat the Rangers in the last game of the regular season? You okay. got us, buddy. So I've got to ask you this question then. So when you guys won, you did the little pumpernickel thing there. You were imitating Henrik Lindquist, weren't you? Yep. Yes, you, you know, know it. I knew it. <laughs> so Henry Lund does that thing. Here's the thing. I slipped on my way up from my from my save on Jokin and I yes, yes. I remember I wish I could go back in time and fix that. You know what I mean? Because here was the thing. We played them in game eighty one at MSG, right? right? And all we had to do was either win or get a point. And we 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 clinch a playoff spot. And they're up four three late in the game. And they hang on for the win as I'm, I'm on the bench because we pulled the goalie. We're pressing and Lundqvist, you know, seals, you know, seals the win, right? And when he wins, he always does this thing where he, yeah. he takes his stick and he goes like this. And then he goes, he goes like that, right? And, I, I, it. and I'm watching him and I'm just like, I said, I swear to God, if we win in game 82, I'm doing that celebration. That's fine. I thought about it the whole train ride home. And then we get to the shootout. And this guy's like the best shootout goaltender in the history of yeah. hockey against me, this bum. You know, what no, I mean? stop it. Oh my God. I was, I, I swear I went to the bathroom in my pants before the shootout and we ended up winning. And I, you know, but I didn't forget to do the celebration. Did other people recognize that that's what you were doing? Did other people mention it? No, 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 no. I, I'm actually, this is probably the first time I'm ever saying it. Oh, the fact that I you knew that is yeah. pretty interesting. I remember, well, you, we knew each other, obviously, right? And I've seen Lenquist play so many times. And I said, when you did it, I said, he did that on purpose. He's entertaining. And I was, I was like, I was like, suck on that. Eh? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if he noticed that he was, they probably had his head down or something. Anyways, cause uh, he's probably fun. like, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, well, I'm way better looking than the guy, uh, <laughs> I got way better cars. I yeah. I mean, he's not better on TV. He's not better on TV though. That's for sure. No, that's debatable. No. He does a great job. You know, yeah, he's, good. Yeah. Oh, he's good. Yeah. He's good. He's so, good. So, Brian, you guys win that game. You, you squeak into the playoffs on the last day of the season, and you go on this ridiculous run. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? It was unbelievable. The timing is everything, and I think, you know, getting into the playoffs is a big accomplishment, but if you can get in playing good hockey at the right time, that's even more important. And we we rode a, w uh, a wave of confidence, and we had a lot of injuries in, the, in those playoffs. I mean, we beat Jersey in five. They were the two seed. We were seven. We ended up being seven with that win, by the way. Montreal got in at eight. And 
So this is what happened. We beat Jersey in five. But we lose Jeff Carter and I believe Simone Gagne in that series. So we're plugging in these minor league guys, yet we still continue to win because we're just riding a wave right now. But the other wave that was taking place was the Canadians upset Washington in round one, I believe, and at round two upset Pittsburgh. So now all of a sudden it's wide open. We get we get Boston in, in the second round and we fall down three nothing and battle back. That's right. Yes. Seven. Yeah. And uh and on the other side of it, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington are out of it. So now it's like you get Montreal in the conference final. They were out of gas. I mean, Halak was unconscious for two rounds. They couldn't against us, they couldn't even get over the red line. Um so everything lined up perfectly for us. It was it was an amazing, amazing spring. Now were you playing all the games then? No, I got hurt in the second round against Boston. We were uh game five. So we won game four at home to stave off elimination. Then game five, I was reaching back for a puck in the second period. It was trickling in. And as I was reaching back, my defenseman hit Miroslav Shatan onto me, onto my chest, and I couldn't get my legs out. I might be the first ever documented uh, double knee sprain. I sprained both my MCL. Oh, I didn't know that, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was like the first ever. Um, but, but it was uh, such a weird injury. Um, and I missed the rest of the Boston series. Michael Layton came in That's and right. uh, finished up and ended up winning. Then he played against Montreal. And then I was back for the final, although not really not, not 100%. Right. But I'm back. And that's against Chicago, right? Chicago won that year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Goal. Kane scored the goal. They didn't know it was it. Yeah. When goes, right. Yeah. yeah. By the way, that was not me in goal uh, for that goal. <laughs> I know. I know. But you were, you were on Dry Island at that point, though, right? <laughs> uh, you know about that, Tom? So, let's try and it. Well, Brian can tell you it's a good one. What is it? Well, that was, um, so, you know, there was, uh, you know, there was some uh, rumors that uh, guys on our team like to get after it a little bit, you know, oh, uh, okay. in the city of Philadelphia. So, uh, in an effort to get those younger guys who are good players to, to tone it down, uh, the head coach at the time, Peter Lavillette, decided to make a pact and we called it the dry island and how this ever got out i'm not really sure if like now that it's out i may as well so in and um you had to put your name on the board to to commit to dry island and i'm right. thinking to myself i'm like okay number one i don't know i'm i don't have a problem you know what i mean right and i'm not out ever i got two kids i live at home if i want to have a glass of wine with steak am i allowed to have that at home you know and so i didn't put i didn't put my name on the board and you the only one that didn't uh, one of the few that didn't, I said, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go, where am I? I'm going to say I'm going to do it and then not do it. I was right, just right. honest. I, I probably won't do it. I'm, you know, right. I want to have a glass of red wine with my steak at home. Is there, you know, an issue? Sure. So, yeah. So eventually I had to come around and make sure that I was on board with that, but I wasn't the one with the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I heard about those problems. Yes. A couple of guys. Yeah. Uh, so I, I never saw it. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That. Like I said, I was, yeah. 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 Same here. Same here. So, now, what happens a year after that? Uh, then uh, they signed Sergei Bobrovsky in Philly. Oh. I was partners with Bobrovsky. Uh, we lost in the second round to Boston. We fell behind 3 nothing that year in the second round, and but we didn't come back on this one. We got swept by Boston, and they went on to win the Cup that year. And then after that, that was it. Then the Flyers got into the Ilya Brzgalov suite. Oh, that's right. That's right. So was, was that kind of was that kind of a forced retirement, or were you ready to pack it in? Oh no, I didn't retire. I just I had to go sign in Carolina because oh. I didn't know if, 
So they kept Bobrovsky and uh, and Brizgalov, and and I believe they're still paying Briz right now. And, and I, I said this to him a couple of times. I, said, I told Briz that he owes me ten percent of his contract. I said because I was so shitty for the Flyers that Mister Snyder went out and signed him to whatever he signed him to. Oh. He could have just he said you write the check, you know. And uh, I said so he he owes me ten percent of that deal for my part in what I did for him. But well, uh, do you have a good do you have a good Briz impression? He's not. Nah, I think it's what everybody says, you know. The, yeah. No, I, I really don't. The, the universe is humongous, big. Uh, but I think it's what everybody says. <laughs> it's really not specific. Was he really that funny? Like he seems like a real funny man. I, is he? I so I, I got traded back from Carolina to Philly uh, as again one of those comeback to Philly stories, and uh, I got to meet Briz for the first time, and I actually liked him. I mean, I, I think he's a funny guy. He yeah. is he out there for sure. He's out yeah. there, but I like him. Uh, I find him enjoyable to be around. I think, but at the end of the day, guys only care about if you stop the puck or not. Yeah. If you don't stop the puck, then they hate your guts. Sure, you went back to Philly, Carolina. Was that it? That is that the last stint for you in Philly? Yeah. So that's another funny story. Uh-huh. Um, I'm in Carolina uh, in the off season. We're going. We're heading into another lockout again. That's another right. lockout. Yep. And I'm at the pool. There's a pool club in South Jersey, um, and I'm there on Father's Day with my kids. And I'm on the three meter diving board, right? And my son goes, Dad, do a cannonball, right? And I'm like, No, it's going to hurt if I do that. So I dive, right? I dive into the pool off the three meter, overshoot the dive, okay? And dislocate my shoulder upon entry into the pool. The same <laughs> shoulder, the same shoulder that I did in Columbus, okay? Oh, yeah. I'm the, I get out, my son's laughing. I get out of the water and I'm like, and I, there's a nurse who's there. She's like, I'm a nurse. I was like, pop it back in, pop it back in. She's like, I'm not popping it back in. So I had to drive to the hospital. My wife and kids, now the pain's setting in. I'm in a wet bathing suit. The kids are crying, right? Uh, I get to the, it's Father's Day. There's nobody there. There's no doctor. Like they can't put it back in. They have to call an orthopedic who's out to dinner with his family. And he has to come in. They put me to sleep to put pop it back in. I had shoulder surgery and and then we had a lockout, and it was it was a mess. And I ended up in the minors after the lockout, and, oh. and then I retired. I went, to, I, and then I ended up going to Switzerland. Uh, last second deal, uh, my agent Bob Murray called and said, "Hey, you want to go to Switzerland?" I was like, "No." He's like, "Well, it's pretty good money." So I did it for. I stole a few more bucks there before I, I called it quits. Yeah, what you like one more year or part of a year there? Like two months. Oh, okay, interesting. So now the broadcasting starts. And I remember us having a conversation pretty, we were just getting started. Remember that conversation? How we, yeah. we got on the phone together. Yeah. I can't remember if you're calling for, or you, said, about, you, you said you got into doing radio. Before, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I did the first, I did the color in the first year for the San Jose Sharks too. Yeah. They had hired uh, Dennis Hall and he just, he's a fantastic public speaker, public, public speaker, just like me. And, uh, but he just couldn't do a very good job on the TV, so they hired me to do it. And I think that's how we got talking. You were interested yeah. in getting into broadcasting, Wait, right? Brian, how yeah. is that call? Is that the first time you guys talked since the firing, or have you talked in between then? No, we'd, we had talked yeah. since, I think, maybe yeah. a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you I think you may have reached out to me late. Something something yeah. happened where you reached out to me, so I felt comfortable talking to you about yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't know where I was going with it. It was all very new to me. Yeah, and I remember I said to you too because I really believed in your personality. I thought, you know, that's going to be perfect for you. I remember saying to you, just don't settle for being the Philadelphia guy, right? Like, there's more yeah. to it there for you. So, yeah. did you yeah. did did you have a plan? Did you think you'd be doing what you're doing now? 
I think in, yeah, I think it, you know, being truthful, I thought that I, I, I could do national stuff for sure, but yeah. you just don't know when you're going to get the opportunity, how it's going to play out. Kind of like when you're a kid and you say you want to play in the NHL. I think I, I knew I wanted to do this when I was done playing. Uh, I just didn't know how it would all play out. A lot of people helped me along the way. Like Keith Jones is like one of the, one of the best guys ever uh, yeah. in the world and an ex teammate of mine. And he, Every step of the way, he helped me, um, put me in front of people, introduced me to people, and got me to where I needed to get to. And without people like that, you know, people like that helped get there. Joe Whalen, a guy who uh, produces now for TNT, he was at NHL Network at the time. He he put an introduction into me at NBC Sports. Um, so, like, these people do. Elliot Friedman was another guy that made a call to the NHL uh, Network to get me there. So, without people doing these things for you you don't get an opportunity i'm i'm forever grateful to all those guys but like the one guy jonesy i mean jonesy i call him all the time for advice and ask him for help on certain things and he, he helps me through a lot of stuff i mean he's one of the greatest teammates in hockey and away from hockey that i've had well the key is for that too that they know you're going to do the work too like it's not like they're i think people will help people who they know will work and really put their like be proud that they recommend them too right so that's you so, you know, yes, they're good people. They wouldn't just do it for anybody. They had to do it for you. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you're right. But yeah. still, you know, not everybody's willing to go the extra mile for people. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. and, and those guys did, and I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And how many kids you have now? Two kids? Two, yeah. And Ty, he is drafted by the second round by Ottawa, correct? Oh, come on, man. First rounder. First rounder. Oh, that's right. That's right. We don't, we don't. Boucher's, only do, Boucher's only do first round. That's right. <laughs> and Tom's not his agent. Uh, that's yeah, right, too. Yeah. He was drafted last summer by Ottawa in the first round. He's 10th overall. Um, he's playing for the 67s this year. He just wrapped up uh, his second um, suspension of the season. Oh. This was a two-gamer. Yeah, so he's been suspended a total of eight games so far. Um, what was the suspension for? What did he do? He was the aggressor in a fight, I was told, but there was really no communication from the league to the player. You know, oh. so. Yes, yeah. and in the other one, uh, unfortunately, a kid was injured pretty badly on a on a body check. Um, they said it was a slew foot. I I I don't think it was a slew foot, but uh, you know, he got six games for that. So unfortunately, he's missed eight games uh, due to suspension. But he'll be back on Thursday, right. and um, yeah, uh, and fun to watch him play. Right, yeah. he had started at BU, right, at Boston University, and then moved he over. Did. To yeah, it was a tough, you know. A lot of a lot of bodies there after COVID. You know, yeah. seniors given another year. Um, he was coming off of knee surgery. I don't think he was entirely ready for this. You know, he wasn't ready. You know what I mean? And in with the numbers and everything, it just wasn't a great situation for him. I think from a development standpoint. And we made the decision. You know, based upon the conversation that we had right when I was at, at that age, you said yeah. you can always go back to hockey. Uh, you can always back go back to school. I gave him that same advice and thinking like, look we needed you to go to a place where you can play games because his draft year, he missed a bunch of games. He had COVID twice or COVID and he had two knee, he had two knee injuries. Uh, one was, one was pretty bad that he missed like eight weeks and then he battled back from all of it. And then at the end of the year, some, he got hit low, a low a kid hit him low and um, it was right at the end before the world championships. And he ended up having to have knee surgery. So he didn't play a lot his draft year because of all that stuff. And he was behind the eight ball. So like with all that, you know, I'm just thinking like he needs to get playing games, yeah. not so much about practices. It's, he's, and the kid is like, he's 
incredibly strong. He looks at a weight and gets bigger. Uh, you know, I saw work. I saw one of the workout videos. He's doing yeah, deadlifts. He's, or something. Yeah, he's he's totally opposite than me. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, so it's not like he needs some kids in college need the weight room. They need the extra time yeah. off the ice. He he needs time on the ice. He needs to be in game situations. So. They're having a good year. The team's good. They're twenty-one and four. Uh, whether he's in the lineup or out of the lineup, they seem to be rolling. But when he's in there, he you know he certainly brings an element to the game that is like, you know, it's physical. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a bit of old school. You know, oh, is it nice? I like that. Yeah, it's not it's not like it's not lacrosse goals. It's it's like driving people driving through yeah. people. Oh, oh, I love that. I love that. That's good. I, Frank, I, I do. I do too. Brian, can we talk about draft day for your son? Because that's a perspective very few people have that, you know, you're there as a dad. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool moment. And, and uh, you know, the one thing that stunk was that it was a different draft experience those two years. His year and, and the 2020 draft was because of COVID, right? Oh, <clears throat> so it, it was remote. And uh, so you don't get the same feeling that I had when Tom yeah. me up at Edmonton at the airport and all that. And you sit in the stands which is so unfortunate for all those kids that we yeah. have to use. But in saying that, it still was a very cool moment. And I think for Tyler, um, considering all of the the heartbreak that he had that draft year with injuries and COVID and, and such, I think he was surprised he went as high as he did. I was surprised he went as high as he did. But I also knew that there were a lot of teams in that first round picking between 10 and 25 that really liked them. And uh, so I think it was one of those situations where if you like them that much, you, you, you know, it's one of those where you, you got to grab them or, or you're not going to get them. You know what I mean? And I think maybe fans don't understand that. Like they, they, uh, you know, they look at points and they think, oh, it's about a guy that scores 200 points a year. It's great. You know, but there are, I think there are certain um, intangibles that they look in players that they like that are just hard to find. Like how I'm not, and I hate using this comparison, but it's like, he's not Tom Wilson because Tom Wilson is one, he's his own guy. Right. But a player like that, where, where is that guy? Yeah. How yeah, team wants to one. Yeah. Totally. So that's who you compare him to? Uh, you compare him to Tom Wilson, that kind of play? I, it's, it's like that. It's, it's kind it's like that. It's, it's the physicality, but the, 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 the ability to play with good players, the ability, I think the ability to score, uh, you know, he hasn't done it at, at the level that other people have been able to see, but I, I think it's there. I, I believe that he can be, um, a 20 to 25 goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, but also, you know, be able to hit like a truck and, uh, you got to fight, you got to fight. You know what I mean? I like that. That, that might be offensive mm-hmm. to some people, but I don't know. I know as an ex hockey player, that's a guy that I want in my locker room. And every fan, every fan base in the NHL wants that too. As much as they hate Tom Wilson, they would love to have him on their team too. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. But I, listen, I want to be clear. He's not, yeah, you know, I got you. one person. I don't want to make yep. it, it's, it's, it's disrespectful to Tom, the player, you know, but I, I will say that I love Tom Wilson as a player. I, I've been saying it forever, you know, yeah, I just R- Ranger fan, Ranger fans don't do much. <laughs> that's for sure. Does, yeah. does uh, Tyler ever hold it over your head? He's like, dad, uh, I'm 10th overall. You're 22. Is he ever like, oh yeah, all the time. Ah, uh, that's good. That's right. Oh, he, he's got, a, he's got a mouth on him. So he lifts me off. But, oh, uh, does it all the time? Oh yeah. All the time. Oh. Uh, good. Yeah. Is but, he the uh, oldest of your, is he the oldest of your two children? Yeah. My daughter, Brianna is, uh, she's 18. She's a senior in high school. So we're waiting on college, uh, uh, acceptances right, right. now. So good. yeah, she's you're not, down there. You're down there in South Jersey, right? Moved last year back to Rhode Island. Oh, 
Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We're back to Rhode Island. Yeah. Closer to family. Um, you know, my, my parents are gone, unfortunately. That's uh, right. My wife lost her father last year, so. He was a good man, too. I liked him. Yeah. 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 He, he was the truck driver, wasn't he? Was he yeah. The truck driver? Yeah. He's yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys had a, you guys had a bond. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. License. Definitely. Class C license or whatever. The there you go. There you go. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry I disappointed you today, too. You probably thought I was going to be on the show with no shirt, correct? Like after being on Survivor listen, or anything. That, listen, at, you know, it, 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 the fact that you do it the way you do it, uh, you know, with supplements and illegal uh, drugs, probably <laughs> uh, not something to be proud of, you know? <laughs> oh, it's a shame to put it like you don't put a Picasso on the wall and then put a blanket over top of it. Right? It's like putting a shirt on. It's like, ah, why would I? I feel like I have to have a shirt on, but it's a shame, actually, yeah. You are going shape though. That's for uh, sure. Bushman, I can, Bushman called me up all the time. Can you put a, please put a shirt on? Please put a shirt on. I'm looking at Twitter and I'm, I'm, it's making me sick. I'm like, serious. <laughs> Struggle today, it, O'Brien. We get it. You're strong, you know? Uh, uh, I have to remind myself of what's wrong, yeah. Then everyone around him. Yeah. Bush. Well, listen, I know we joke around about you know me being your agent and all that kind of stuff, but seriously, you were a fantastic client, fantastic per person, a fantastic father. Uh, and you've had, you had one heck of a career too. You called yourself a bum there a while ago or something, but what I really liked about your career, Bush, was that you had these great moments. You had some down moments, but you always were fired. Like you always fight back, always fight back. You weren't giving up. And that's not like, you know, the one you have all home and give me a chance down the minors. You the yes, that's nice of him, but you really had to do something with that opportunity too. So you should be very proud of your career. It's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. I, honestly, as when I look back, I think it's the one quality that uh, even though I would have down days, and, and we yeah. all do, you know what I mean? You get yeah. you get down on yourself and you don't believe in yourself. You lose confidence. But yeah, I I always tried to fight and battle and scrape and claw. And yeah, it would have been great to have been a Hall of Famer and win four Stanley Cups. Sure. And, you know, those guys have struggles too. Yeah. Maybe we just don't see them. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 the one thing that I'm most proud of is that I, I never gave up and I came back several times when people probably didn't think I could do it, you know? And I, I think that's, if, if for uh, for athletes out there, any kid that's coming up now, th that's probably the biggest quality you got to have, I think, if you're going to make it. Yeah, life is not fair. You're going to make mistakes and you just keep on battling through. You keep on getting up, you know, like we told it. And, na and nowadays it's so hard because like these kids can see social media and yeah. like when I was in Philly, I consciously didn't read newspapers here in Philly and I didn't listen to sports radio. Yeah. So if you do that, you give yourself a fight chance, you know, because yeah, totally. it's a tough town for goaltenders for sports in general. Like if you're playing poorly, they're going to get on you. And I just didn't, I was so ignorant to all of it. For the most yeah. part, like I didn't really know what the hell people were saying about me. I just yeah, was in my own bubble. Yeah, that's but, but now these now these kids are on their devices I and know. they see you know you got yeah. you got you got fans that are just chiming in. There's there's yeah. supposed uh, you know experts on prospects and they just kill kids. They just absolutely annihilate them and and, and yet we wonder why people have mental health issues. I mean, oh, no. you know, I agree, I agree totally. Social Some, media, yeah. so you got you got to you got to find a way to block it out. Don't listen to any of it, yep. but. You know, it is what that, it is. That, that is true. Whatever your dream is, whether it's sports or school or just your personal life, don't listen to other people, right? And I agree with you 100%. You decide what you want to do. You have your own dreams and you follow those dreams. Don't let anybody take it away from us. You certainly did that, Boosh. You did that too. So you're very proud of yourself. You had a great career after your playing career too. You've done really well at that. And uh, and then you did a great job in firing me. And then your career took off again. Other than that, everything's good. So. <laughs> Bush, it was great to see you. Seriously, I'm very proud of you. Like you know, everything in your life, you had a fantastic career. You're a tre tremendous husband, father, and uh, you've done a great job on air too. So good job. Thanks, you. thanks, ladies. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and I appreciate everything you did for me too. Uh, uh, you know, like it was a great run. 
like I said, I wish it could have. I like we. I wish we had four Stanley Cups and yeah, totally. But it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, brother. It's great to see you again. All right. So that was great. You, you Boucher, you, he fired you, and you guys are still friends. And I don't, I don't like the guy at all. I don't know what you're talking about, being friends. <laughs> Come he's on, a terrible dude. You can tell he's quite fond of you. Plus, he does a killer Dominic Hasek impression. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> I forgot. But the story we told about the Tim Panaccio, the reporter out in Philadelphia. Every, I really thought he knew what he was doing. So we'll get into that story. But, yeah, no, but he, yeah, he got you with that. Oh and yeah, he, you know, he's he's just he's he seems like a he's very good on TV, and it was yeah. a great interview. Had some good stories. Yeah, it was really it was, cool yeah. to hear. Yeah, and I didn't realize the stuff after he had fired me and moved on. Realized some of the Which stuff was a great move, with. obviously. <laughs> if you work for me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, great story. Great. He was a good, good character. Yeah, good great guest. guest. Great personality too. Yeah, he's really done well in his career. Yeah, and an incredible run. What was it five shutouts in a row? That probably yeah. would never be broken. Yeah, but his agent at the time was me, but he fired me. So yeah, that's probably why though, because of his agent. He was trying to impress you, I guess. Get that contract. Yeah. All right, grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.